0: Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. What's up, shop for all things Leafs? I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. And hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, so we're going to have a bit of a fun show today. I'm going to be joined by a special guest, Heart of Lad. He's been on the show before from Pension Plan Puppets. He's going to chat a little bit about the breaking news that we had a couple hours ago here at Maple Leafs Land. That's that Travis Dermott has signed a two-year extension worth $1.5 million annually. We'll both give our thoughts as to kind of the first uh, thing that popped into our minds when we saw it. Because I saw him tweet out after the signing and said, hmm... This means this. And I thought to myself, that's odd, because I actually thought the complete opposite of what this signing meant. So we're going to explain to each other how we came to our first initial thoughts about this signing and what we think that it means for Toronto, Uh, because of course... I mean, a sixth, a seventh defenseman signing in Toronto can't just be that. Of course, it has to be discussed for a half hour uh, because there's just so much more that it could possibly be. So we are going to get into that discussion, what the Dermot signing means here for the Maple Leafs. Uh, We also chat a little bit about the Stanley Cup final, um, the Kucherov uh, comments that he made and uh, just the Cup final in general. So without further ado, let's get right to it. And I welcome you, Heart of Lad from Pension Plan Puppets. All right, joining me on the line now is Heart of Ladd from Pension Plan Puppets. Heart of, welcome back to the show, buddy. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It has been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you've been, you've been staying, uh, staying healthy during the pandemic.
1: <sighs> yep, staying inside, stand. <laughs> yeah, keep my hands clean, all that kind of stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Wash them
0: hands, man. Just wash your hands. Wash your damn hands, people. Uh, so, we had some Leafs news break earlier today, and it is in regards to Travis Dermott signing a two year, $3 million deal that's going to pay him $1.5 million annually. So, I saw on Twitter earlier today, uh, you know, you tweeted and, and you talked about how you believe that this means that he's going to be a piece of the lease going forward, which is interesting because I read it totally differently. So, I want to talk about how. Your thought process, where you came to the conclusion that you did, and then I'll kind of counteract to talk about how I read this deal, and then we can hopefully come to a conclusion that we probably won't about what maybe this yeah. actually does mean for Dermot and his future with the Maple Leafs. So. Earlier today around noon, the press release gets sent out by Maple Leafs Media uh, because, of course, you know nothing leaks in this organization apparently anymore. And, uh, you know, no insiders were able to break it. So we all found out through a press release at the same time. What was your initial uh, thought process when you saw the deal was signed that Dermott was coming back on a two-year deal worth $1.5 annually?
1: Well, my first, my first thought was, okay, they're not trading him. Uh, I think there's a difference between um, the Leafs deciding not to trade him and the Leafs wanting to keep him. There's a bit of a difference there. This is, this is kind of, I was evolving my thinking as, as the news came out. My first thought was, well, they're not trading him, and I, I'm standing by that. Um, but I will say that now it looks very much like to me that Hall and Dermott are both going to be exposed in the expansion draft and it's just going to be a straight fight between them. Whoever Seattle wants to pick, they'll take them. And then whoever stays is going to be on the Leafs, and they're going to be the fourth or fifth defenseman, depending on what Rasmus Sandin does. Um, that's how I saw this uh, coming out. The Leafs said, "Okay, if this, if Seattle wants to take Hall, they can take Hall. We'll keep Dermot, and we got, we got to make sure that he's here. He's getting he's locked up a little bit." Uh, and vice versa. Hall is here for the next two years. Same t- uh, term as as Dermott left, I think I could be wrong. Um, and if they take Dermot, they get to keep Hall. And I think that's probably the better scenario for the Leafs. I think that's the one they prefer. I think they want to keep Hall and they want to lose Dermot in the expansion draft. For lack of a better word, um, so, okay. they're going to lose someone no matter what. And I think at this point, I think the Leafs will be happy to lose their fifth defenseman possibly even their sixth defenseman, depending on how people see Rasp Sandin, um, rather than their current fourth defenseman.
0: Okay, so now I understand how you came to that conclusion because mm-hmm. my under uh, understanding of of how I think that the Leafs are going to go about the expansion draft is I actually see them protecting eight skaters, so four forwards and four defensemen. And I think the mm-hmm. fact that we haven't seen a Zach Hyman contract come into play yet kind of says that's what they're going to do. So for me, if you're protecting four forwards, well, clearly it's going to be the core four, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, mm-hmm. and Nylander. And then the four defensemen, you keep your top four, right, um you keep uh, Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall, and uh, TJ Brody. Brody. And the reason yeah. why it was so imperative, right, for Dermott to get extended before the draft is because up until today, the Leafs had to, to expose one of those four guys. Because in order to meet right. requirements, they had to have a player who played at least 56 games or 54 games, I think, over the last two years. And they, But that also was under contract next season. Mm-hmm. They didn't have one of those guys outside of the top four. So they had to get a deal done. And my understanding, if they go 4-4 four and four, again, is that Hall does get protected and that Dermot, I somewhat feel like this was kind of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge deal. Like a conversation was had with Seattle and that Dermott is probably going to end up being the guy that they take. And they kind of negotiated this contract on behalf of the Seattle Kraken, knowing that he's going to be their pick come the expansion draft in a couple weeks.
1: That could be true. Uh, Kristen Shilton did have a tweet around 3 o'clock that said, um, it's a possibility I'll be exposed. This is Dermot talking. He said nothing was assured that I was gonna be that I wasn't going anywhere. So he wasn't given any assurances that he's staying, which really uh leans into your your theory. I, I I still think uh whether they go 7-3-1 or 4-4-1, um, they're probably gonna lose German anyway. And um why not try and protect the more more players, right? Why not have seven forward spots available, even though you really only have five players, five forwards that the team might actually Want to keep that's currently under contract, the big four and and um, Alex Kerfoot because you know he has trade value. Um, I see that scenario being well, you're probably going to lose Dermot anyway. And this is, and why I think that is because Seattle probably values Dermot more than the Leafs value Dermot, and I think the Leafs value Hall more. Uh, and that's because I think the the Kraken see more uh, upside with Dermot, and the Leafs they don't want to have him in the top four. They 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 tried it. They didn't like it. They haven't done it. He hasn't been in the top four. He was closer to a scratch. He was actually a scratch for a couple of games in the playoffs than he was to the top four. So for them, they would rather keep their top four guy. And for Seattle, I think they would rather try and bet on some upside. Might as well uh, go for that. And, and going back to the to the one idea is the Leafs have lots of forward spots open. They have two. Why not trade for a guy? Why not tell a team, hey, you're going to lose – Let's just say, for example, Jesper Fast on the Carolina Hurricanes. He's their eighth guy. He's a pretty good player. He's their three right winger, third line right winger. Um, hey, Carolina, why don't you give us him? We can give you a pick, maybe Ilya Mikheyev, something smaller. And the Leafs, because Ilya Mikheyev is exempt from the expansion draft. Um, and then the Leafs kind of pick up another forward that they can use, and that they can play with. Because I really think the third line is is really troublesome right now. Currently, as it stands, it's it's really worrying to me. So, I think they have a chance to. Well, we're going to lose Dermot no matter what. Whether we go four 4 one or seven three one, let's l- just lose Dermot and let's try and pick up some forwards um, through the expansion draft process.
0: Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information information Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code Locked On and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for 50% off your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So that's interesting that you. You think that Seattle would value Dermot ahead of uh mm-hmm. ahead of Kerfoot if they went four four one?
1: I think they're going for upside. And I think the mm-hmm. Leafs would rather find the better partner for Jake Muslin. And I think currently that's Justin Hall.
0: Yes. I I completely agree. Like if they if they take four defensemen, they keep those top four Dermots exposed. Regardless, mm-hmm. I think Dermot is going to be exposed. Yeah. I, I think my I just one and a half million seems like a, a weird number for Travis Dermot, because he didn't really, like you said, crack this lineup last year. So, and if you take a look at how the team is stacked up this season, you've got Morgan Riley and Jake Muniz. Uh, uh, TJ Brode is your top pair. Jake Muzzin, J., uh, Justin Hall as your second pair. And then I think we're all under the assumption that Rasmus Sandin is ready to make that leap and be an everyday NHLer on the third pair. At the very least, you know, he may be able to work his way up. But right now, I, I think he's responsible enough and he showed some flashes that he could at least be an everyday NHL in the third pair. So the only spot that is really open right now is that right side position next to Sandin. Mm hmm. And the, I
1: don't think the Leafs need to give up assets in order to put Dermott there over maybe a uh, Zach Bogosian or uh, Timothy Lilligran or something like that.
0: Well, I, I, so here's the thing, right? So if you're not, do you trust Dermott in that position? Like how much do you like that defense and think that that defense can get you to the promised land of, of you know, Dermot and Sandy as the third pair? Do you feel like that gives you anything? Because losing Bogosian – I mean, he didn't give you like a- as many minutes per se, but he was still like a physical presence. He played on the penalty kill. He was a veteran, a winner in the room. Dermott's not quite like a a one-for-one replacement of that, and there's not many other spots in the lineup where you can try and Get that, that you're losing in Bogosian, and if you do end up bringing back Bogosian or you replace him with somebody of a similar style of game, now you're sitting and you're like, okay, well, one of two things that means that either Sandin is falling out of the lineup and maybe they think, okay, he could season up a little bit more in the minors, or they view Dermot as a fringe seventh defenseman, but if that's the case, $1.5 million for a seventh yeah. D is just not a luxury that the Leafs can afford. Yeah.
1: The Leafs like listen. I think everyone likes Travis Dermott. He's a great guy. He's a good player. But I don't think anyone needs to break their back and flip over tables in order to keep him uh, in this situation. Like I don't think we need to give up assets in order to keep Dermott, Uh And when we, he could probably be replaced with Rasmus Sandin and um, a, a, a third pair right D like uh, Zach Bogosian or someone like him. Like I, I think that's just the the cold scenario, like the cold truth that um yeah that that they're that they're in right now.
0: But like my point for that is is mm-hmm. let's say if they go four and four, and yeah, okay. The Seattle doesn't pick up Dermot, and Dermot's mm-hmm. still on this roster because they end up taking Kerfoot. Let's just in this scenario, I, then. I, oh, then if they now what are you doing with Dermot? right. Like now, what are you doing with Dermot? Like going the, into the next year.
1: Pro- sorry about that. Uh, no. The biggest problem with that is that I think Kerfoot has real trade value, and I don't think you want to give up that for nothing. And I don't think Dermot has as, as much trade value, so I think you try and protect Kerfoot. Right with with seven forwards and get a couple extra eyes, and then you just tell Seattle that they have a straight fight between Hall and Dermot. Honestly, if they take Hall, I think the Leafs might end up putting either Rasmus Sandin in the top four, or they might just put Travis Dermot in the top four and go with that. I feel like they they're, they'd be willing to take that bet, and I think that's probably the top four they would end up with if they lose Hall. Uh, I don't think there's a scenario where they give up Kerfa, because I think Kerfa could get you know not maybe not as much as what. Casper Kapanen got, but maybe something close to that, maybe at least a first round pick. And Oof. I don't think you want to give up that for nothing. Oof. I don't think Dermot gets you a first round pick but, uh, from anyone. Oh, so.
0: absolutely not. But I think you're you're shooting for the moon if you think that Kerfoot, if that happens and Cal Dubas can somehow you know, maneuver that, be that a, that'd be it. Awesome, might be a but... late
1: first round pick. You never know. I think San Jose is of interest. Like the, it, you see what's out there. I think you can get you know some value out of that, or you keep him and he's your three C. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, definitely. I think if you're the Leafs. I think you could take or leave Durbin. I mean, alleviating Mm. at three and a half million off the books could also be a benefit if you're Toronto as well. Like, let's not let's not just think that losing Kerfoot would be all bad. Like, three and a half million bucks could can can be easily replaceable as a third line centerman and someone who could probably do a little bit better in the defensive side and be a little bit uh, more of a penalty killer role as well.
1: I, I was looking at the free agent market and I'm really struggling to find a three C replacement for Kerfoot and someone who would cost less than maybe a million dollar discount. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm coming from this, where I'm saying you're not going to get that much cap savings because you got to replace them anyway. You're not going to get someone to play three C for you. Who's on 800 grand. Like you're not going to find an ELC player. You're not going to find a, a, a UFA that'll probably, they'll probably be able to do that. Um, the Leafs got lots of, um, UFA's last summer, and they all kind of they found their way somewhere around the lineup, but they couldn't really find a center that was like you know challenging Kerfoot or anything like that. I, I don't know if they were looking for that, but I was looking at the at the um, UFA market at center, and I'm like, well, there's Alexander Wenberg, and he's probably going to cost maybe less than Kerfoot, but there's really not much that I really really love over there. So I think, yeah, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Um, I. I Again, the losing curfew for nothing I think hurts. And I don't think you're going to get that much cap savings because you're going to have to replace them anyway. Fair enough. L- I think l- with Dermot, you're going to be able to replace him with the guy who's making 800 grand in Rossmore, Sandy.
0: So let's let's go with the assumption that Dermot is going to be uh, a, a player for this team going forward. What do you see Dermot's ceiling as? Like, what or what do you think he can still be at this point? He's 24, going to be 25 next year. Like, what do you think they have in a guy like Travis Dermot if he is going to be on this team long term?
1: On the Leafs or on Seattle? On the lease, let's say that
0: he he sticks around in okay. in Toronto.
1: I think they try him on the on the third, on the second pair. I think they try it, they go between him and Sandine. If it's Sandine, then Dermott's on the third pair and he kind of stays where he is. Once you hit 24, 25, um, for, in terms of aging curves, players don't really change much. They don't get any better. Um, they might, you know, get a bit wiser and a bit better in that sense, but they also lose a little bit of their of their of their athleticism. So it's a scenario where you're kind of just hoping Sandine. Uh, well, I think I think the Leafs see Sandine as better than Dermot, and I think he's going to pass him no matter what. So, no matter what, where Dermot is, he's probably going to be behind Sandine and probably stolen the third pair. That's kind of where I see him. I think if he was going to Seattle, I think they give him a chance on what's probably going to be a bad team. I don't think um, we're going to get another Vegas situation. Like, we might, but I don't know um
0: i don't think so either yeah
1: Yeah. it's hard it's really hard to do a vegas like that was a (laughs) that was a cinderella story
0: right to the cup final yeah (laughs)
1: exactly so uh when it comes to seattle i think they're gonna try them on a second pair and just be like hey go and try see what you can do we're not playing for anything it's fine just go and make your mistakes go try and go play go play there um and there's not going to be as much pressure also it's going to be on a worse team so the depth isn't going to be as as difficult who knows he might even slip to the third pair th- uh, pair there as well but you know i'm re- i'd be rooting for him if he was going to seattle right like i kind of want to see him do well cuz you know he's been here since 2015 and you know he's a good guy i don't know you you have you, um, been a yeah.
0: big dermot stan have you not since
1: you know f- for quite a while here no. now i i was a big fan of him with the marlies i yeah. thought he was you know a good third pair defenseman i think he brings that excitement that he brings that um that energy that you kind of need i just you know, it kind of hit a point where you're like, you can't really trust him to do much more than that. Which, which is not a detriment to him. It's totally fine to be in that position. And yeah, I I read really like Dermot, and um, he seems like a nice person. And he was really nice on the Marlies, and he's a good player on the Marlies, and he's a good player on the Leafs. And you know, I hope he still has a good career because he's not like, yeah, I don't know. You know, what, that's
0: that's you, kind of it. For, you know, what would have yeah. made him an even nicer person if he would have just taken <laughs> league minimum. That would have made him. <laughs> well, a- he did
1: that last year, so that's kind of. <laughs> he 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 took the qualifying offer he he's probably looking to make some money right now and that's you know true. he's not like a player that's you know who made millions well, of dollars already so
0: well, here's the thing too like he had leverage like quite a bit of leverage in the negotiations for this deal like like I said, in order to uh, even protect hall well so i'll I'll walk you through it here okay and you tell me if if i'm out to lunch or if or if i have a leg to stand on here but like in order to protect hall which which again this is what most of my assumptions are based off of here just cuz i fe- that's what i feel the Leafs are, are wanting to do but in order to do that they had to sign another a defenseman right so one of those defensemen that they could have signed was either Bagosian uh Hall or Bagosian Hutton, and Ben Hutton right so mm-hmm. I, I they could have signed Ben Hutton it's very possible that Ben Hutton just doesn't want to come back here, right? Maybe he wants a, a different I think the
1: Leafs like Ben Hutton. Actually, I think he might end up being their seventh defenseman or their Marley's defenseman. To be he, honest, he I very
0: think- well could. Yeah. But I'm—I don't know. He may want to test the market to see if he can get a better role elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to being a seventh defenseman or, you know, a, a, on the outside looking in, potentially as one of those proxy practice taxi squad guys, if that's even a thing next year. Well, I don't we'll think it's going to be see. a thing next year, by the way. Yeah, it's probably a, not. It's probably going
1: to be a scratch for the Marlies. But so, anyway, go
0: ahead. Right. So, so then he probably will want to test the waters and see if there's something better out there before signing. But the Leafs didn't have the luxury to the luxury to wait for that. They needed to have somebody signed by expansion so that they could do that. So Travis Dermott, who also has Arbrights, which is another leverage piece that they had, they're like, listen, we can go to arbitration. I don't have to sign now. I can go to arbitration, and probably get the same number, you know, a couple of a couple of uh, a month or so from now and get that because I think for basically the defenseman that Dermott is, I think around that number is is essentially what he would get awarded in arbitration
1: and, and I, think I think he got a little bit more than what he would have gotten I in arbitration. Believe yeah, so I believe so
0: too. And I think the reason why is because that was his leverage. He said, Look, I'll sign at one I'll sign, but I want one point five and I want a second year, or else I'll just take it to arbitration and then they'd be kind of screwed at that point because they wouldn't be able to do their four four situation unless they were able to convince one of Bogosian, who there was a report a few months ago that he wasn't too happy with his role here. I don't really know why. I thought he basically, what his role he was. He would on the
1: same role in Tampa or anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. So I,
0: I, I just, it was a report by Darren Dreger, so I'm sure there was some merit to it. I just don't know what else Bogosian would have been expecting. But anyways, so if that's the case, maybe Bogosian wasn't in the cards. And again, like I I said, maybe Hutton wants to test the waters and see if there's a more full-time NHL job elsewhere. Dermott was really the only guy who they could have signed to do that. And it had to be done before the expansion draft. So if he wanted to wait until arbitration to argue to try and get more money, maybe he he would have dragged it out and they would have been screwed and would have had to uh, put Hall on the uh, expansion list. Right, So I think all of that kind of gave Dermot leverage to A, get the second year, and B, sign at 1.5, a little bit more, and the Leafs maybe, you know, wink-wink, nudge-nudge, have had conversations with Seattle saying, hey, look, if we sign him at this number, are you comfortable taking him, and will this be your
1: pick? I I think you're right about that last point, and I I also see where you're coming from with the previous one. I think that just, um, that previous point kind of, Leans on the fact that if they go four four uh, one, which I don't agree with, but that's fine. Like it, it's it, whatever, whatever <laughs> uh, personal preference. Um, I, I agree that he had some value, he had some um, leverage in that scenario. However, he was also scratched in the playoffs, healthy scratch in the playoffs, and I think that kills a lot of your value. So I'm kind of surprised that he um, is in this scenario. But you know what? So what that I really be? think if the Leafs if if Seattle ends up taking Hall and they're like, you know what? We think Hall's a better defenseman. Well, we're going to take Hall. Then, you know, the Leafs are kind of in a tough situation if they didn't have Dermot. they didn't know if they had if they were going to have Dermott. And having him locked up and having him say, okay, you know what? If we lose Hall, you'll be here and you're going to get his chance. Like, you're going to get that shot. Uh, right. And I think that's something Dermott probably wanted and that's probably how they came to that conclusion and how they came to this contract. But, like, you,
0: like does does $1.5 over two years sound right to you, or does that sound like you got a little bit extra to take the deal now?
1: Because um, if
0: that's the case and they don't that mind... That could even just
1: be D- duba saying, hey, I like you, here's a little bit more. Because oh, if, if, such they a lose, luxury if they, that they, do if they not lose Hall, have... then they have the money, right? If they lose Hall, they have the money for it. So it's not too much of a problem. Yeah, I mean in so a fact, way they get a half a million dollar discount.
0: They're still super super up against it, right? I know. Like, like if they're okay with losing Hall then then why wouldn't you take Dermot to arbitration and hope that you could argue for him to make less than this, which th- they probably could have, right? Like that yeah, that's why I think signing again, now is is somewhat of a a, a pointing to the whole 441 aspect.
1: Yeah. This kind of but it goes back to the last few summers in a row where it's hard to kind of bet on a lot of stuff and to kind of take that risk. And if, especially when you don't really have to, if it's like, if you're going to save a couple hundred grand, it might be worth not taking that risk and just having the guy and knowing you have the guy. Um, especially when it comes to like, if, if you go back to the, uh, the Capitan trade, um, that was, that was at the draft. That was before everything else happened. Uh, the cadre trade also was before, um, I think that was after free agency. There was anyway. It maybe it was like the Not, not of, great, but
0: yeah, I think it was yeah. day of free agency. Actually, it was like July right. one, like okay. later in the day.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Then never mind. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There is something to be said about stability. Also, there's something to be said about if we lose Hall, we need to make sure we have a guy. And maybe they could probably get arbitration done with Dermot. But also, arbitration is hard. It's hard on the, a player and the GM and like that relationship and. It sounds like they want to keep things amicable. Dermot's only only ever been positive and said, "Listen, I'm getting scratched, but it's okay because it's for the best of the team." He did that with the Marlies. He's always tried to, you know, do right by the team. And maybe this is the team trying to do right by him and saying, "Listen, if you're the, if you're our guy and we lose Hall, then you're our guy. And if you're not our guy and Seattle takes you, well, then you're his you're their guy." So that might be how they how they discussed it.
0: Yeah, that could that could be it. But then, what does that say about Dubis? Like, is he, you know, the 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 big knock on Dubis, especially coming off of the heels of Lule Morello, is that he's lost almost every single negotiation that he's had, right? Like, literally, think about the the whole big four. He's lost out on all those negotiations, and they've got top dollar at whatever turn they I want to. I would say he
1: won with Nealander. Uh, I think the Tavares contract, he got less, Tavares got less than what he would have in like LA or Boston, which is not bad. So he was maybe 50, 50 on those. Um, I don't know. I, but even still, like you, he, he, he
0: doesn't have a good track record when it comes to, to signing players and he gives in a little too much and gives up too much. It doesn't stick to his guns. Uh, like a guy like Lou Lamorello did, right? Like, at least that's that's uh, what the public perception looks
1: like. Yeah, and I, feel I get like it. But I, in this scenario, I don't think Dubas needed to do that. Like, I don't think you needed to put the screws to every single player on every single contract. The big contracts are the what's important. And I think he screwed up that. And I think that's that's the label now. Yeah. And that's totally fair. And I don't think that's changing. Um, but you don't need to put the screws to every single player. For example, um, the Leafs signed Pontus Holmberg, one of their uh, draft prospects. Uh, and he's spending the year in uh, in Sweden the last year, and then he's going to come to the Marlies halfway through. And people were complaining about Dubas um, giving him a contract and giving him a roster spot, like one of the 50 roster spots. And I'm like, all right, maybe let's chill here. He's just giving <laughs> him one of the 50. Like, it's fine. It's not a problem. He's coming to the Marlies later. Like, yeah. relax about it. I think it's you don't need to put the screws to Dubas because he didn't put the screws to every single person on the on the roster or on the team.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, that that that's silly. That's people just being dumb. At the end of the day, if if they're really complaining about one roster spot on a an ELC player for who's a guy not,
1: who might make the team exactly, not even,
0: team. even gonna factor in. And I mean, look, the Maple Leafs. Let's not lie. The Maple Leafs are gonna have extra roster slots anyways because they just can't you know, sign a, a billion guys because they're already up against
1: the cap as is. And, and they're going to be signing a lot of AHL players because they need to fill up the ECHL. They need to fill up the Growlers. There's no one on the Growlers right now. And yeah. there's, there's a, a ton of space and they can also pay a lot on AHL contracts. So they don't, there's no real need for, uh, to care about the, the contract thing.
0: No, there's not, not at all. No. But, uh, I, I just think it's, it's, it's interesting that like this Dermot deal goes down and, I think this is probably maybe this is just a Toronto thing, but or, or the fact that it, there's just so much going on over the next couple of weeks when it comes to to uh, the NHL and, and the offseason and, and movement. But yeah. can you remember the last time like a a sixth, seventh defenseman <laughs> who signed a deal with their team became like well a thirty minute podcast turned like was made of <laughs> well, it and it's like what does this mean and like does it mean this like.
1: We're in Toronto. Don't you remember Ben Harper? Don't you remember Martin Morinson? This happens every <laughs> single year. This is yeah, not new. You're in right. In fact, we should be probably talking about for another another half hour.
0: You're right, and <laughs> honestly, we could. We we honestly oh, could man. chat about it because I still the, think there the are Martin questions.
1: Martin discourse. I'm oh, sorry, I can't get over the Martin Morinson discourse. This is way too much. You know what, though? Ben Harper does discourse too. Oh my God.
0: Do you want? Do you want to to feel better about that? Guess who didn't for the first time in, like, two or three years, lace up for the Maple Leafs this season? Martin Morrison. Martin Marincin.
1: Which I kind of I feel bad about. You know, I, I, like, I like him enough to get one game. He was a really good Marley guy. He's, he's a good scratch. Like, he does all the right things.
0: I one think... Game, I would have
1: liked him to get one game.
0: But it it, it it, speaks to two things. One, it meant that the Leafs were actually relatively healthy through the season, which is a good yeah. thing. And B, yeah. they actually had some depth. Like, those young guys were starting to come up and, and you know surpass him on the nhl depth chart which again yeah. is a good thing so
1: and marinson i think is in the czech republic now i think he signed over there so oh did no he more is... nope. yeah, no more marinson no no more yeah
0: nope that's not a bad End of thing. era <laughs> I'm, a gonna bad thing. I'm gonna miss him
1: i'm gonna miss him
0: oh that'll make one of us that'll make <laughs> one of us although i do remember that bobby orr s goal he had a couple of years ago against yep. vancouver i was i was i was there live watching it and i was like <laughs> When the hell did the Leafs sign Eric Carlson? What what is this? I'm like, wait a second. If he does that
1: once a year, if he does that once a year, it it, it's worth the contract. That's what I say. It's worth the one game a year he plays.
0: (laughs) See, all you did was say the name Marty Marinchen, and we went on a little bit of a a two (sighs) three minute tangent. I know that that only happens in Toronto. I swear. Like I don't think people in Minnesota are talking about you know their seventh, eighth, ninth. Tenth, maybe defenseman on the <laughs> roster, and talking about the good times that they had, and you know the the many bouts with friends about their play over the course of the last three years.
1: How yeah, Tampa on? fans aren't talking about Gabriel Carlson right now. I don't think. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> Which is wait, I forgot they traded for Gabriel Carlson too. Um. Well, yeah, he's just he was just a guy, um, like an eighth defenseman for the Crunch and stuff.
0: He didn't play for. Hold on, wait. But Gabriel Carlson was he not a first rounder of of St. Louis or uh, Columbus a couple of years ago?
1: Let me go find this. I'll actually look this up for you. So give me a second.
0: <laughs> like I could have sworn. Did he come over with the David Savard trade? I feel like he may have actually. Now I think. Oh, sorry.
1: Ahead. It wasn't. Da- it wasn't Gabriel Carlson. It was Frederick Carlson. Oh, okay, right. like, okay. No, Frederick, Frederick Clayson. Clayson. Frederick Clayson. Okay, sorry. yeah, yeah. Former, uh, uh, so, former. Shows what I know. <laughs> shows what I know. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: I was like, Gabe Carlson, oh, a former first rounder from like four years oh. ago, was an eighth defenseman? I mean, it would make sense because Tampa's just so loaded. And RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we send you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Well, um, I got you here actually. Perfect segue. We'll spend a couple minutes talking <laughs> about the Stanley Cup Final and, uh, you know, just your thoughts on on the whole run and most importantly, um, what were your thoughts on the post-game shenanigans there from <laughs> uh, from Nikita Kucherov? Uh, there's, it seems to be split within the hockey community. I'm very much Pro, what uh, Kucherov yeah. did and said, I think it's it's like, good for the league. To be honest with you, uh,
1: your thoughts on it? Well, when you win, you know you win, right? And I think a lot of the a lot of the Montreal fans who are upset by his comments are just upset because they lost and they lost pretty handily. Um, that's kind of all I think about about the discourse. Also, like Kucherov got a lot of crap uh, this season for. Being injured, like genuinely being injured, uh, he had a similar injury to to Braden Point, and he, you know, he came back on a similar uh, timeline as Braden Point, and you know, like that's that's kind of what happened. That was his that was in, that was his injury. Um, he didn't have it. He didn't have it looked at because they won the cup. He was celebrating. He was, you know, uh, relaxing, and then he needed the surgery and stuff. So I don't know. I I loved what uh, what uh, Kucherov did. It was really funny. He earned it. He was a I think he was the top point getter on the team.
0: Yeah. He was like, nine He was having points. fun. He
1: was drunk. Like what like come on. It was it was it was fun. It was harmless. Let's be honest. It's sports. It's harmless. He wasn't doing anything serious or terrible. Like just let him do it. It's Absolutely. fine.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All totally he really fine. was doing, especially for like the flurry, the people who are like, "Oh, you know, throwing shade to Flurry was offside." All he really did was pump his guy's tires and say, look, yeah. he should have won the vest then." I agree. Vasilevsky should have won the Vesna, like, in my opinion. So, like, I I also agree with what he said. And some people, are, oh, he didn't have to do Flurry dirty like that. Like, okay, okay. it's not uh, like I he said Flurry sucks. He just said, look, yeah. my guy should have been the MVP. My guy should have won won the Vesna. It, it should have happened. That's all he said.
1: Like Mark I, Stone would have done the same thing. He would have said, hey, Flurry should have won this award. Absolutely. If, uh, if uh, Vasilevsky got it, like, who cares? It's fine. Absolutely.
0: It's fine. Absolutely, yeah. and what he said to about Montreal fans: Hey, we're here in Toronto. <laughs> Suck it, Montreal. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> uh, but overall, though, your <sighs> thoughts on the series? Like uh, Tampa, clearly the clear-cut better team. Yeah. And you oh, know, they
1: were a class above everyone else. I think next year, even if they lose a couple guys, they'll still be right there at the top. They have enough of a margin. Um, I I think some of the young players that are coming up are going to surprise, uh, which is. Really, really frustrating to every single of the team, where they're like, "Oh yeah, we have a brand new one-line, first-line left winger, and you know <laughs> none of you have ever heard of him before, but he's going to score twenty goals." And you, I feel like you, that's going to happen. You
0: got a couple names for us to drop here, a um, couple nuggets. All right, let's
1: see if I got some names. I think Boris Kachuk is going to have a good year if he makes the team, and I think if they give him a role, From
0: Taylor Radish has already
1: made some made some games. Um, but Kachuk had like I think he tied or was close to tying the the lar- the longest goal streak in the AHL this season like in, in AHL history.
0: I think I um, dropped him in my Dynasty Fantasy League. I might have to go and take a look and see if he's still kicking around. I, think, I think he might
1: still be available. I don't think anyone's picking up this early. Um, it's like they're going f- to be big additions. Uh, Matthew Joseph's going to have a full-time role. He's like a really good player. And pause they, there. He, pause. They had him scratched for most of the playoffs.
0: They did, but, um, but I got to pause you right there because you brought up Matthew Joseph. Yep. Is there anybody... Who you saw yesterday that seemed more happy to win than Matthew Joseph. Like, A, dropped an F-bomb on national television. (laughs) Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Grinning from ear to ear. I I loved it. Had the biggest yell Uh, of anyone when he raised the cup.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, he he was in the bubble the whole time. He didn't get a single game in. He was working his butt off the entire time. Um, he didn't get a game in. samco's got a game at least. Um, he and Stamkos were minutes. working hard. And then he got to win the Cup with his friend, Ross Colton, which I think was just amazing. I think he was over the moon. He got to play in a Stanley Cup final game. I think his name is going to be on the Cup for a second time. That's just, you know, that's a dream come true for him. He's going to get a full-time role next year. I'm so, so, so happy for him. I've been a fan of him for, for years and years and Man, I wish he was on the Leafs so bad. <laughs> I wish he was on the Leafs. He would make a great third liner for us. He was So, so good.
0: Hey, you know, maybe ah. eventually they're going to have to pay him. And when it comes, <laughs> you know, the bill comes due, they're going to be able to keep everyone, right?
1: Another guy I think that where the bill comes due for Tampa is Barclay Goodrow, and he's from Toronto. And I really hope he comes here because I really like him as a player too. Would you rather? <laughs> so uh,
0: let's say that you know, just for, for argument's sake, mm-hmm. let's say that they, they let Hyman walk to it's unrestricted free agency and he goes elsewhere. Would you rather bring back Barkley Goudreau or Blake Coleman to Toronto?
1: Well, if we're talking about the first-line left-wing position, I think you got it. and we're picking between the two players only, you got to go with Coleman because he has a better track record of scoring. He had a 30-goal season in New Jersey. I think you go, you go get him if you can. You know who has had a 30-goal season in New Jersey? Not Andreas Johnson. David Clarkson. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. David Clarkson didn't win a cup though. <laughs> Two cups. Fair enough. Went to a final.
0: Did go to a final, but didn't... Uh, yeah. He's not a proven winner. Doesn't have that killer instinct, right? And that's
1: what we're I looking so. for. Maybe a too much of a killer instinct, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just on Hyman really quickly. I think they... I don't think the Leafs can afford his contract. And even if they could, I don't think they will want to. It's going to be a long contract. It's going to be painful, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it. it it's probably better that they kind of separate now and not go through a really terrible contract negotiation, like contract kind of saga where they, they're trying to trade him every year. Um, he's a great player, but they kind of got to move on right now. And there are some players out there. I don't know who they replace replacing him with. That's going to be the biggest question mark for the team moving forward. I really don't know who they're going to replace him with, but they got to find someone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The last question I got to ask you uh today has to do with the Montreal Canadiens who were unable to put up uh en- enough of a fight here to the Tampa Bay Lightning, eliminated in the final in 5 games. But the fact that they did make it to the Stanley Cup final is quite uh quite the feat in itself. But my question for you is, what do you see out of them next season? Cuz I'm not even sold that they
1: can even make the playoffs. Well, they were the 18th team in the league this season. So, mathematically, they wouldn't have made the playoffs if it was a normal like yeah. conference system. Um, I don't think they're going to make it again. They have Tampa, Toronto, maybe Boston, probably Florida ahead of them in the, in the Atlantic. And, and maybe I, some I, other teams show up as well. Maybe Ottawa is yeah. able to be a little bit better. And maybe Ottawa is able to compete against Montreal. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think this was a Cinderella run. I think this was a, a scenario where... They got in with a weak division. They got so I don't know what they did to the lease. We got to think about that. We got to <laughs> talk about that. The Jets were terrible. The Jets are not a good team. I don't think anyone needs to like think that the Jets are a good team. Um, they beat the Jets pretty handily, and then with Vegas, I think I don't know somehow the scoring went dry. Maybe Price won that series, and that that's kind of how they got there, right? Like, I think that's a Cinderella run. I don't think they're going to be reliably there every year or anything like that. Like it was, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on <laughs> those.
0: Yeah, totally with you on that one. I think this was, if Carey Price and Shea Weber were going to win a Stanley Cup, I think this was the year to do it. Unless they yeah. end up on different teams before they retire. But if they retire as Canadians, I think uh, this was the year that they had to get it done. And yeah, unfortunately- and lots, of, lots of
1: players don't win the Cup, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Do it. It's
0: not going to keep either of them from the Hall of Fame. Not going to keep either of them from the Hall of Fame. Well, Shea Weber may be a bit more of a discussion, but I don't (laughs) think a a Stanley Cup may not have cemented it. But, uh, you know, they're two guys who've had so much success. And, you know, as a Canadian, and I'm sure you feel the same way, those were kind of two players that I was rooting for. Not necessarily that I wanted the Montreal Canadiens to win the Stanley Cup, um, although it would have been a great story, but like I, would have, I would have liked to root and watch a guy like Carey Price or a guy like Shea Weber hoist the Stanley Cup over their heads and celebrate. Like I, I cared more about the individuals uh, on Montreal, the select individuals on Montreal winning that did Montreal themselves. And, and it, it is you know a little, a little upsetting that uh, what's probably their last kick to the can they weren't able to get it done. Uh,
1: yeah, I was pretty apathetic. I was like. You know, if they do it, they do it. If they don't, it's fine. I I didn't really get myself any I- invested in that team at all. Um, you know, I'm a police fan. I don't I don't like the Habs, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't wish anything ill on them. But I'm just like, just go play, do whatever you want. Go Tampa. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, <laughs> you were not the only one. Trust me. I, I I took a beating on Twitter because I suggested that. When the Habs, well, a that what I just said. I'm 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 not necessarily rooting for the Habs, but I'm rooting for select few players on the Habs, and for them to win. Well, Montreal had to win, so that was kind of where I was going yeah, with that. Yeah. But I also sent out a tweet uh, a couple of weeks ago when they beat uh, I think it was when they beat Vegas. I said okay. Now you can light the CN Tower with red, blue, and white. And uh, I, I took a beating on Twitter, called myself a shameful Leafs fan or a shameful Leafs uh, reporter or cover or whatever. People just, yeah, they they didn't like it too much.
1: Yeah, it's okay. It's, like I, I don't know. I the best thing to do is just like. Uh, if you're the CN Tower, just don't bother. Just don't get don't put yourself in that position. Right? Just like you're Toronto, just leave it alone. You don't have to you don't have to go barking up that tree. It's fine. Just leave it alone. That's kind of how I felt about the whole HAPS thing. I was like, I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna leave it alone. Dude, do whatever they want. I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> All right, Hardiv. Uh,
0: I think that will do it for us here today in the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown On podcast on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Hardiv at Hardiv Lad. And uh, Hardiv, you got any, any work
1: coming out at Petch and Plan Puppets that you want to pump right here? Uh, we got lots of draft stuff coming up, just some some mid to late round pick, you know, prospects that we might like to, to pick up. I got some stuff, maybe I'll talk about some prospects, Marlies. Um, we're going to talk about some some Lightning stuff. You know, we, we always got contact coming out of PPP.
0: Is there one specific prospect in the second round that you are desperately hoping comes to Toronto? Like, if you had to call your shot on who the least pick in the second round, who would it be?
1: Billy Koivenden. And if he's available, I think the Leafs take him.
0: All right. Good stuff. If that happens, you're here to hear first on Locked on Leafs. <laughs> Hardiff, thanks so much for joining me, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, folks. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.